Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And welcome to our 2018 end of year extravaganza Woo! here on Waypoint. Uh, we're doing a number of podcasts about Waypoint's favorite games of the year, as well as personal essays, possibly some video, uh, some other goodies uh, to close out the year, to close out 2018. Uh, I'm Danielle Riando, and I'm joined by Kato. Hi, how's it going? It's Oh, it's going. I'm happy because <laughs> we're going to be discussing our top 10 list, our personal top 10 list yeah. today. Uh, obviously, there are going to be some places where we have tons of overlap with you know either between ourselves or among the whole staff and those get their own podcast yeah when there's like several of us who are like yeah that's a top 10 game uh but otherwise we wanted to do this so that we could you know kind of discuss games that maybe not everybody else played smaller games you know just just get our awesome top 10 lists out there to the world basically uh you know just just, you know, so little things don't get lost in the fray. Right. So we're going to actually just go through our lists. Um, and I know, Kato, you have a lot of honorable mentions here. Uh, <laughs> I had trouble. Uh, there were a lot of good games. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I feel like I don't even know what I'm going to do with those. But the top ten okay. are. The top ten. I think. As of this recording, All right. that might change by the time yeah, I get I to exactly. writing it Same. on the page. Same. So, but as of this recording, okay. I think this this is my top ten. Do you want to say what they are, and then we can discuss individual ones? We'll we'll go one yeah. one by one, and then you know. So go ahead, give us give us that list. Okay. Uh, so my list in no particular order. Okay. Uh, Destiny Two: Forsaken, mm-hmm. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, Good. Delta Rune, mm-hmm. Return of the Obra Dinn, mm-hmm. Life is Strange Two: Episode One. Yes. Into the Breach, yeah. Battletech, <laughs> Dragon Ball Fighters, Monster Hunter World, and Hollow Knight. Okay, excellent. Um, honorable mentions to Pokemon Let's Go, Mario Tennis, Sea of Thieves, No Man's Sky, Next, and Donut County. Amazing. <laughs> These are really good choices. I'll, I'll go through mine. I did order mine, but it's not like, look, there's a right. number one, and there's a bunch of others. And then there's the rest. <laughs> yeah, they're all great. They're yeah. all great. Yes, definitely. Uh, so I'll just say mine. Starting number one, Into the Breach, of course. Nobody's surprised. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Prey, Moon Crash, Life is Strange 2, Episode 1, Dundara, Hitman 2, All Our Asia's Minute, Assemblance Oversight, Donut County, and Iconoclast. Nice. So, Kato, why don't we take your number 10? We'll, we'll just pretend this is a number 10. I know they're yeah. not, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But do you want to uh, kind of go through? You give one of yours. I'll give one of mine. Sounds good. We'll talk to, about all of them a little tiny bit. And, yeah, that sounds all right. good. All right. Um, I'll just, yeah, let's just go. I'll do it in a reverse order of the way I read them. Okay. So, um, Hollow Knight. Uh, Hollow Knight was really great. Um, I played it mostly on the Switch in yes. uh, <laughs> a lot in handheld mode because a lot of times I'm playing Switch games on my commute. Yes. Um, and so a lot of times um, games have to kind of fit this, like, I have a certain amount of time. And I <laughs> can only do that much. And I felt like Hollow Knight wasn't gonna be, wasn't gonna fit that like commute schedule really well. And it ended up actually working out super well for me, where I would go in and like I would explore an area, and then I would find usually the first bench by the time I uh, nice. finished the game, <laughs> finished like my commute, and I was like, oh, perfect, I can save. Um, but it's. Um, I mean, there's so many. There's an entire. This is one of the ones that has its uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> full uh, own thing because so many people put it on their lists. 
Um, I really enjoy the art style a lot. I really enjoy the combat and the way that they use the nail, not just as combat, but also as movement. Um, the way that you can like bounce off things with your nail becomes really important in certain areas, and that was really fun. Um, I got like 75% through that game, and there's like a lot of game because it also included all the DLC even past the base game. Uh, and it was just like, one of these years where like, I ended up having to like or wanting to play something else just because it was new. But like I still like every once in a while, like peek back in like, okay, I have to like keep working at this. I'm still working at finishing it. But it is I've seen enough of it to be like, yes, this is definitely one of my top 10. Um, And yeah, there's a a fuller podcast if you want a full like hour I think they, I think they stuck stuck to an hour, okay. but yeah. hour long conversation. They were actually pretty tight um, on it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um. that's fair. That's very fair. Yeah, it's a great game. I, uh, I've only played a little of it, but it's it's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's real fun. Totally. Uh, I'll give a brief. Uh, my number ten was Iconoclasts, hmm. which I didn't finish. So I, you know, I feel like all right towards the end of my list because right. I still, you know, do one day. You know, this is intense. <laughs> I, right. I intend on finishing it. <laughs> a really rad platformer. So there were three platformers that came out like within a month at the very beginning of the year. There was Celeste, there was Iconoclast, and there was Dondara. Dondara right. is also on my list. I didn't play enough of Celeste to, you know, kind of get in there. Uh, but there were three really rad indie platformers that all had a very different approach. So Iconoclast was very story based mm. and it also had a ton of puzzles. It was like a true puzzle platformer cool. whereas Dondara was has a little bit we'll talk about that a tiny bit later but it had a little bit more of a Dark Souls structure and also this wild art style and this amazing sort of traversal mechanic whereas Iconoclast just had this incredible approach to puzzle design and world design that I just really enjoyed um <clears throat> Again, it was like there were three that all came out like yeah, right away. And yeah, I feel yeah. like everybody kind of picked one and we were like, right. okay, I got to dig into this because they were all pretty meaty games as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was a, it had a really interesting story that had, that touched on religion and sort of this really interesting idea about sort of like there's a God to this world and there are people who have like different approaches to this God right. and different sort of sects that all live in this world. It was a really cool game. I think uh, it, it got a little overlooked in some ways, possibly, yeah. uh, but really, really worth playing. So yeah, that's on my list. Uh, I gotta check that out. Yeah, it's, it's pretty great. God, I know. I'm gonna be to doing the, like, these. Fucking end of the. <laughs> I know. Goddamn. Right? I still need from... to play Over Din. That's that's another one. I'm like, oh man, this probably would have made it on the list. But, yeah. You know. Um, okay, my next one on my list is Monster Hunter World, nice. uh, which, um, it. So this was my. Well, technically my second attempt, but first actual Monster Hunter game. The first one I tried to play was one of the 3DS ones, okay. and I found the kind of... It was also a 3D game, but like without two sticks, I felt it very clumsy to like kind of play that game, and it didn't feel good yeah. on like the small screen. Like, And I just didn't get... I couldn't get into it. Um, but this one... Uh, as has been stated many times before, like it, they really streamlined a lot of the like kind of. They did a lot of uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, quality of life yeah. updates to the like kind of <laughs> mechanics of Monster Hunter World, but it didn't lose any of its depth. And um, I really got into it at the beginning of the year. Uh, played through the entire campaign, you know, and uh, just really enjoyed. Um, the amount of variety they were able to put into like the weapon sets and like their all of their all of the different move sets that each weapon has and like just the feeling of each weapon being very unique and like having this kind of like multitude of like play possibility just by switching weapons and then also on top of that like all the different armor builds and like gem builds and all that like the all the different like customization you can add on top of that plus the way that they ended up rendering the monsters was really really uh, cool to the point where it um, it felt bad. It felt so bad to kill the monsters that I after I killed my first monster, I was like, no more. I'm <laughs> capturing every single monster because you can do that instead. You can you can capture them and yeah. they get studied and somehow you get I don't know. I don't the nice version. <laughs> yeah, like. Um, but like they they like did like the way that they like limp and like run back to like their nest to like heal up and like yeah. the way that they interact in the world with each other as well the way that they kind of like stake out territory was all really really um 
super fun. So that made that one also has a super long podcast. So oh, look nice. out for that yeah. um, <laughs> if you want more Monster Hunter World thoughts from the rest of the team. Oh yeah, I uh, I edited a video review of it, so I saw. Yeah. Like twelve hours of it. <laughs> I didn't play it though. Uh, yeah. You know this. This is gonna be one of those things where I'm like, God damn it! I need to play all these games. Right. <laughs> End of year. Oh, I gotta play all of them. Uh, one game that might be on a couple of other people's list. I don't. I don't think we have a pod for this one. Uh, but I'll, I'll say it. Uh, Donut County. Right. Really, really enjoyed it. I don't have that much to say about it because you know we're. I'm. I'm trying to keep it quick for the the bottom of the list or whatever here. Just a delight. Just such a yeah. delightful little puzzle game that's just really cute and sweet and funny. It has a really cool mechanic where you're you're using a hole and you're swallowing up all the matter in the world. And it, there are a lot of like li- really cool little sort of chain reactions you could set up. Yeah. Had a lot of uh, sweet little characters, all these anthropomorphic animals. And it, you know what? It had a story about capitalism. Yeah. Down with capitalism. <laughs> yeah, it was and great. Cute raccoons. <laughs> so that uh, was <laughs> that's on my list. It was it was awesome. Yeah, that one made it. That one's on the honorable mentions. Just, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's almost there. It might it might hop back on. I don't know, but lists are um, living. Yeah, yeah. It's a living list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really I enjoyed it as well. Um, I love the the writing. Was I think it felt. <clears throat> It 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 has that like kind of dialogue that is like oh I can see myself talking that way to other people on the internet right <laughs> yes. like when they were texting each other it was very it felt really genuine yeah. and um I kept through to the end I kept being surprised each time they added a new like little like twist to the whole mechanic which I wasn't expect like I expected it to just end up being a little like Katamari where like you just extend like the hole gets bigger and bigger and bigger but they also add a few other things you can do with the hole which yeah. I won't spoil here but like uh, really it was really clever. Yeah, yeah it was really clever yeah sweet um all right so my next one on my list is uh Dragon Ball Fighters um so this is kind of the first um so my history with fighting games is that I really enjoy them but i'm super bad at them <laughs> like i i I, uh, I can't i i always stuck to kind of the the basic characters because i can do quarter circle moves on the joystick p- pretty consistently but i oftentimes will end up jumping somehow because i move the stick too far so like i i'm one of those weird players that actually uses a keyboard it's a whole thing Whoa. but uh <laughs> and so um i haven't like really felt uh, the like want to play anything since like Street Fighter Five came out, and like I played Street Fighter Five when it first came out for a little bit, and I got into it for a bit, but then I fell off, and like there hasn't been anything like n- new, and I haven't, I, ne- I never really checked out any of Arc System Works previous games, but this, whoops, this one being hey, um, you're excited, you know, <laughs> yeah, fighting games are exciting, yeah. <laughs> this one being uh, Dragon Ball, like. Personally, I enjoyed the, the anime as a kid, so there was a lot of nostalgia there, and I checked it out. And it, the way that they made it kind of accessible through these auto combos um, really uh, helped me kind of get into it. And then, like, I got really into watching it uh, a lot as well. Um, yeah. Shout out to fucking Sonic Fox, Hell the best yes. goddamn fucking yes. person in the universe, I think. I don't know. He's so good. He's up there. Um, yeah. But also... Uh, Super fun to watch in Dragon Ball Fighters, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was a. Uh, it's one of two fighting games I made it onto my list, which I did not expect to have two fighting games on my end of year list. But like, that's the year it's been. They've been they've been really good. So hell yeah, it's good. To, you know, so I like fighting. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> really, like fighting period. I Real like life. fighting. Yeah, <laughs> fighting is super fun. Um, one game that I'm pretty positive nobody else at Waypoint played, uh, but it's on my list because yeah. I had the greatest time with this, is called Assemblance Oversight. And yeah. I will give a tiny, because again, this one's maybe a little obscure. It is a sequel to a game called Assemblance, and yeah. it kind of takes the same general gameplay structure. Uh, you are a person who is going through some sort of mind test where your memories are projected into like a, basically like a... a you know, Star Trek, like, holodeck, holodeck. kind yeah. of situation, right? 
Um, and it's just this really, really amazing in-depth puzzle game that I actually played right at the beginning of its release. And it's the type of game where the community... This is one of the first times I've gotten in a Discord yeah. a community of nice. a new game where people are actually figuring out the puzzles and you know really figuring out like the next layer and the next layer and the next layer of cool. it. Because certain interactions that you can have in this game, like for example, uh, you can go to this like weird planet that if you look at a certain thing, it's going to change the rest of the world. Like if you focus on oh, a certain thing, I don't want to spoil anything, yeah. but particular interactions you can have are ways of sort of solving a puzzle and changing the world subtly. And so you're always looking for like, was that butterfly there? Was that like <laughs> spacesuit body there? Was that radio there? Whoa. And like looking at a different angle of something because it's all like fairly simple 3D environments, but things change a little bit. You can start changing like the sense of reality in this game. You can start sort of shifting the colors of this world and then sort of shift like the way time works in this wow. world. It's wild. That sounds there really was, cool. Yeah, it, it was so cool. And there was like a whole sort of ARG component to it that had people looking at like NASA coordinates on oh, various cool. like like moons and things. Yeah. Like I think it was a moon of Jupiter or something wow. that like you had to find these coordinates and figure it out. So I was actually I'm not saying I like was there like in the forefront, but I was there with the community figuring these things out. Right. And there were certain aha moments that I had where I was like, oh my God, this is the pleasure of figuring out these puzzles in real time with yeah. the community. So yeah. such a rad, cool experience. That's super Have to cool. shout that one out. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> uh, I used to be really into ARGs, like back when they were more of a thing. So that sounds, I'm going to check that one out for sure. <laughs> really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um. So in the order I have these in, next is into the breach. Right. Uh, so we both have this on our list. Yep. We're gonna, we're gonna, we haven't done yet, but we're going to do a full hour podcast just on into the breach. Yeah. But quick shout out that you know it's an amazing uh, strategy. Here's the here's the thing, and like I don't want to burn po the other pod because we're gonna get into <laughs> it. But I I always saw it more as like a puzzle game because yeah. of the way you know like the the way the enemies are gonna like perfect information yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. so like uh it's my favorite strategy slash puzzle game of this year but yeah. probably like um and i don't know i i don't want to it feels weird because i don't want to burn the other pod but like i feel like there's so much more to say that i want to say about how it's great and like i love the art style and like but yeah oh yeah but, yeah. yeah um you can do another one because that, yeah. that was a quick shout out yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like you can open another present. That another was a small one. one. <laughs> another one. Another quick shout out. Life yeah. is Strange Two, yes. Episode One, which we just did the the pod. Also on, on both of our lists. Yeah, yeah. Also on both of our lists. Hell yeah. Super great. Um, I feel <laughs> I feel seen. Yes. <laughs> it's just like so specifically pinpointed at experiences of my life as a, a Latinx, uh, and the it's really really good and. Listen to that podcast if you yes. want the whole story and everything about how well I felt like they dealt with the feeling of being a minority in a place where you don't feel welcome and all that. So. Absolutely. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's a good podcast to listen to. Y'all should listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to do a, few, a few from your list? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, so I have Minute on my list, which Ooh. I think might be on at least one other person's list. I think Natalie I did. Natalie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh. Uh, so just uh, quickly, I'll just uh, say it quickly. I actually reviewed this one. Uh, just a really cool take on the sort of Zelda-like yeah. structure, uh, but you only play the game in 60-second chunks at a time, so you right. got to move real fast. And the game is designed so, so, so well to support that. There's a lot of quirky humor. There are items that will kind of make you go faster or, or allow you to warp in a certain place or allow you to you know, kind of do certain things yeah. to get over the limitation. Right. So that limitation exists throughout the game, but it, it you know as you sort of get further, as you get better at the game, it does actually sort of help you along. Uh, really just beautifully designed game. Yeah. Really, really fun. Uh, and yeah, deserves that shout that's, out. That's definitely one of those that I still, still on the list somewhere of like, I need to play this. That looks yep. super up my alley. I fucking, <laughs> I love Zelda-like games. So like that, that like twist on it sounds really, really cool. Hell yeah. Really awesome. Go ahead. You should um, do it. Next one on my list is Return of the Oberdin. Oh, that's mine. Uh, that is like, sorry, yeah. me to interrupt, but that is mine. That is, you just said for a minute, <laughs> right, right, right? That is mine with Oberdin. Like, right. I know I need to play this because I know it's my shit. I just didn't get a chance. So, oh, sorry, no. go ahead. No, it's great. <laughs> it's so good. I think just Rob has it on his list. Maybe, yeah. It he seems must. to be yeah. like. 
But um, I really enjoyed my time with Return of the Oberdin. Just a uh, quick... Um, it's... How do I describe this? So it's a 3D... Uh, you're in like a 3D space on this ship and you're an insurance adjuster and you have this like magical item that allows you to uh, witness the final moments of someone's death. There were 60 some odd people on this boat and they're all dead or missing and you have to figure out what happened to every single one of them. Um, and it, um, it, it's the way that it makes you kind of like deduce things through multiple different of these like uh snippets of these little like death tableaus uh was really clever and interesting and it also had like i felt i it had some very interesting things to say around like um like it make it makes you make assumptions based on like people's voices because you hear you hear the like whoops Mm. the last like 30 seconds of their uh like their, their final moments and so you hear everyone talking around them as well but then the tableau you get is a still image of like the second that they die oh. so then you're like trying to attach voices to like who which one of these people said that and then like by, based on what they're saying be like i can assume that this person is this person's like uh servant so like if i can figure out which captain or like which mate that person is i can figure out which mate's servant that one is and like oh, all I these like it. interconnecting yeah. uh really great um and like it has mechanics in place so that you're not overwhelmed because there are 63 people uh there's this there are these images there's like it's like drawn by an artist on board uh and you can like zoom in on people's faces and if their face is blurry you don't have enough clues. Like the game's oh, like, you don't so have enough good. clues. Yeah. Don't worry about this person yet. But if their face is clear, it's like you can make a deduction and it'll even tell you how hard of a deduction it is. So if it's like a three-star deduction, which is the top level, you can be like, oh, I'll get back to this person because I don't think I have the clues that I need. Right. Even though the game's like, you could technically know who this person <laughs> is. So yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it was really great. Also, the art style is really cool. It's like this one bit kind of pointillism style that was really neat and actually I feel like helped obfuscate certain details in a way that um, I think was important and purposeful for the way that you're supposed to be figuring things out. It's like, oh, that's too messy. I can't glean anything from that and that's on purpose. I should ignore (laughs) like trying to figure out whose face that is in this fire. There's no way because of the art style that I can tell that. So I'm just going to move on to something else instead. Oh, it's so smart. So yeah, it's really cool. Oh God, I love good design. Good game design makes me so excited. Yeah. That is, I I can almost tell you right now, even though having not touched it, I can almost tell you that's going to be my like, (laughs) 2019's 2018 game of the year kind of thing (laughs) for me I know I will love it so very excited to actually play that uh, at some point Uh, next on my list is All Our Asias which is a really awesome again this might not be on other people's list I played a lot of weird things this year that I loved so much that's great that's awesome this is me (laughs) yeah hey hello I'm Danielle I like a lot of weird games Uh, really really awesome Uh, from the folks uh, from well uh, it was uh, actually Sean Hantani who basically is one of two people who made a couple of my favorite games. So my 2016 game of the year, uh, Even the Ocean, Mm. and one of my favorite games of 2013, Anodyne. So just a brilliant designer. And this is like a personal game. It has a PS1 style, like kind of art style. Mm. And it's very much about sort of like Asian American identity. And it's kind of going through the the premise is it's, it's a person... I believe Japanese American person who uh, learns his father is dying, mm. and there's like you know sci-fi technology that is like okay you can go through your dad's memories, mm. and they're all really fractured and weird, and it's all these like very abstract sort of tableaus like you're saying. Um, I just love that word because <laughs> you used it, and I'm happy about it. It's good. Uh, and you're kind of going through all these memories, and it touches on a lot of like really really deeply heartfelt things. And some things that are funny and some things that are weird. And it just felt like a very, very personal expression of this is how minds work. We are kind of fucked up in so many ways. Things are fractured. We do sort of conflate things with other things. Uh, And so, yeah, just like a really awesome meditation on sort of how minds work. And again, of course, the piece that is really, really important about this was which was about specifically about Asian American identity. And also, it came with this like incredible art book. Oh yeah, uh, that had like not only art but also like the the um like the tables that he made the music in, like actually oh. showing like the notation. Yeah, of the yeah. It was like a seventy-page art book. Wow. That was, like, 
everything about the making of this game. That's really cool. Which I got so into as somebody, obviously, who's really obsessed with game design. Like, I, I was really appreciated how much extra material was there as well as. Nice. So I, I did a, a an interview with Sean awesome. uh, on, the, on the site, so you can read that as well. But yeah, really impressed by that. Just really impressed by this person and his work and sort of what, what he's doing in game design. So yeah, cool. all our Asias, great game. <laughs> uh, what number was that for you, by the way? Uh, that is a six. Okay, you should do another one because I skipped a couple that of uh, mine in the middle where there were quick shout outs. So oh, do gotcha, one more. gotcha. All right, so the next one is Hitman 2. Oh, nice. Which, again, I am about halfway through, cool. but I feel confident in saying I love this game. Nice. Uh, so, Hitman 2, of course, you know, uh, it is a 3D stealth. Almost immersive sim. Yeah, it is right. like immersive That's... sim e, where you know you're 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 Agent Forty Seven. You got to kill a bunch of bad people. Right. And there's a lot of systemic interaction. Yeah. So you know, of course, me and my immersive sim uh, life. <laughs> I'm living the immersive sim life. Yeah. You know, uh, just brilliant, brilliant game design, brilliant level design. Love the systems interaction. I love the levels in this game. Probably my favorite thus far is the Miami racetrack level, cool. uh, which there are just so many ways to kill these bad people. <laughs> it's really fun. And I will always appreciate games that allow you to have like a lot of different verbs and a lot of different ways of going about your right. goals. Yeah. You know, we'll talk about Prey Moon Crash in a little it's, bit. Yeah, Spoiler <laughs> alert. Uh, but you know that that's like one of my favorite things in games. And yeah. this is, to me, something that games can offer that, any other mediums don't, which is not just choice, but many choices, right. many paths, many systemic interactions that really do allow you to kind of explore a space and master a space. Yeah. And this game is really hitting that for me. Uh, so really, really enjoyed that as well. Uh, I just, I have it and I haven't started it because what I did was I also had uh, like two thirds of Hitman 1. So totally. I finished buying <laughs> the rest of Hitman 1. There you go. Bought Hitman 2 and then went back and it's like it gives you the option like play through the story oh, right. from the beginning in yep. Hitman 2 with the extra mechanics but you play through. So I'm still on Hitman 1 technically totally. and it will eventually get to Hitman 2 but that's another one on the list of like make your way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's, uh just playing the Hitman 1 levels in Hitman 2 have been has been really fun as and um yeah like the I, I do enjoy that it also gives you a few options of like because it can can be overwhelming sometimes if there's so many things that you're not sure which way to go yeah. it gives you a few of like here are some options for things you can do to start you off and then like when you replay the level you can start like exploring more and more and yeah. more and that's really fun I like that a lot <laughs> yeah. yeah I agree <laughs> awesome uh, looking, I was gonna say, looking at our time, we should probably take a quick break for an ad. Good thinking. Yeah, <laughs> and then um, yeah, I'll do my next one when we get back. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay, hope that ad was good, uh, or that there was one. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so my next one is Deltarune, uh, the game um, that was, well, partial game, because there will be more parts to it, but uh, that was released by Toby Fox, creator of Undertale. Um, Toby Fox has said that this is not a sequel, but hey, everyone, Toby Fox is lying. Uh, <laughs> Deceptions. <laughs> I... Like spoil spoilers for Undertale if you've never finished it, and spoilers for Deltarune at this point because I got to talk about it, and it's because of it's really interesting to see. Um, so if you don't know, the thing about Undertale was uh, it was set up like a traditional JRPG, um, except you had uh, an option instead of uh, attacking and killing the monsters, you could talk to them and certain uh, having certain conversations or certain interactions with them meant that you could spare them and just uh, you quote unquote win the fight by just 
help usually you're helping them with a problem or something of uh, along that nature um and the quote-unquote true ending or like what is considered the true ending is the the run where you don't kill a single monster you go through the entire game and um you get a, a different ending because of that um so Deltarune is it's weird. Part of the th- the reason I find it really interesting and I enjoy it is because it's this 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 weird uh like it's this it's not a sequel but it is a sequel. Yeah. It's or we don't know yet because we don't know what the rest of the game is. <laughs> um the cre it's interesting to see a creator kind of tackle the same themes. Um he's so all just about every like main character monster that you meet in Undertale is in this game. Okay. Um, but they're acting, their 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 personalities are mostly intact. But the the way they talk about certain things makes it feel like either this is an alternate universe <laughs> or this these the this game is happening. The events of this game is ha- are happening before the events of Undertale gotcha. is possible as well. We don't know Who's what the say? actual connection is, <laughs> but it's like yeah. all the same characters. They even have the same name. Some sometimes they have slightly different name, but like mostly everyone's there, which is strange and intriguing and interesting. And also, it still has this kind of theme of like nonviolence and like trying to um, kind of find the diplomatic route through everything. But there's all there's this kind of added um, this game. Instead of playing just one character, uh, you have a party of three, oh, nice. um, and one of them is very intent on uh, having altercations, on fighting, <laughs> and they do some very interesting things about like, like what you do at, in order when you like have someone who like thinks the only way through is violence, and like, but you still consider that person a friend and trying to talk them out of it, or like what like the like when violence is oh like sometimes violence is okay like sometimes you have to defend yourself right, right. like there's punching nazis is cool right yeah. exactly <laughs> that like, kind like, of idea yeah and like um it's interesting to see this creator who like the first game was very much like you shouldn't be killing any of these monsters ever like and like this is about subverting the ideas of like an rpg where you like grind through enemies in order to gain xp to make yourself stronger and like kind of like you know twisting that idea on its head and this one is uh it seems less concerned with like that specific sort of subversion and it's more like um interested in like these conversations about um when violence can be helpful what it means to be a person who is non-violent but will sometimes need someone who can enact violence in like to in order to protect yourself things like that uh, that are really interesting especially given the weird connections with having all the same characters and like a few new ones that were there's so many secrets in undertale too where like there's this whole um there's this whole like character that exists in the game files that gets mentioned very rarely under very very specific circumstances that um continues to be referenced in this game and which also makes me think that they're connect like more connected than the something there like yeah, yeah. and um it's it's apart from just being an interesting look at like violence versus nonviolence and like these ideas of like turning people over to your side or things like that um and enjoying the like seeing the characters i grew to like love in undertale and yeah. like being like oh we I can I know I kind of know what to expect from you but you you don't know me yet right yeah. like this kind of like I'm going to get to know you all over again and that's that's exciting as well um the end of Deltarune leaves a question that uh so again I said spoilers at the front spoilers. but I'll say it again yeah. uh if you go through Undertale killing every monster um the no mercy route uh it's revealed that uh, what's happened essentially is that you've, you, your character has been possessed by a previous human that had fallen into the underground and was very malicious. Um, at the end of this game, it is revealed that 
it or what seems to be that character, that malicious character that is kind of like the evil version of your main character from the first game is the is now the character that you're playing. Um, but it's like a it. So like, yeah, I don't know. I think it it's it's fascinating to think about where this is going, given that the first game was so pacifistic yeah like yeah. so it, it felt like there was a line and it was very black and white about what what ending you would get based on that yeah and like already this first segment of delta rune has kind of made like there's gray areas and like these this is a much more complicated uh idea to like kind of talk through so i'm very excited to see the rest of the game although it probably won't happen for years and years and years <laughs> apparently toby fox has already been like yeah this game is i've been working on this game since before undertale even wow. came out so like who knows when the next part's going and i'm just like please oh my god please toby just hire some people or something i don't know someone. i don't know i want it i want it more i want more of it now <laughs> Give me more. Yeah. <laughs> Give me more Delta Rune. It's understandable. Um, but yeah. Uh it's great. Everyone should check it out. Um you don't technically need to have played Undertale in order to play this one and like because of the like kind of disconnect in that, but it I felt like a lot of it was also like, oh, that person's here and that person's here. This is great. Like it's playing uh, with that. Yeah, definitely yeah. is playing with that. Yeah. Nice. I mean I also have a D game. Yeah. It's a, it starts with a D. Uh, and I, I also feel like this and Iconoclast, like I said, you know, uh, those sort of that and Celeste all kind of came out and, right. you know, not people kind of like picked one, I think maybe yeah. if, they, if they played any of them. But Dondara is high up on my list uh, for being really unique, a really, really rad platformer uh, that had some sort of like, you know, Dark Soulsy elements like you do level up the same way you do it sort of in, in mm. dark souls you get a little bit of soul or whatever i think right. it's salt here i forget what salt. the whole thing is <laughs> yeah uh and and then you go to a campfire and and sort of turn it in for uh uh you know leveling up your character basically uh but this one really won me over on both art style and this this wild trippy it, it was a, a game from a brazilian team that that takes on all these like incredible wild like Neon, almost like neon painting style in some areas, and then more traditional looking sort of you know puzzle platformer in other areas. Cool. Just so beautiful, so richly animated, and your traversal is also really interesting. You never walk in this game or run right. in this game. You kind of warp from platform to platform, so you're kind of like bouncing around this world, doing combat, shooting things, bouncing around this world. Interesting. Just really, really stuck with me as a beautiful, interesting, sort of unique expression for a 2D platformer, uh, and that's why it's so high up on this list. It's A lot of times with these games, especially when we get to the end of the year, it's what sticks. Right. It's what sticks in my memory. It's yeah, what yeah. I'm thinking about when I'm like, when I played games this year, like, what did I play? And I can't stop thinking about Dondara. I think it's like a really beautiful, awesome game. So, and I played it on Switch. It yeah. originally came out on Switch. I think it's out on other platforms now. But yeah, so, it's really cool. So for the traversal bits, like, um, how did that? Were could you jump to any section of the wall? Are there specific spots, or was it like pretty much the whole thing? Like, like it was just like wherever you want, like aimed yourself, you could land, and then you would like stand, but then you can't. To move again, you had to jump yes. to a different surface. Exactly. That's really wild. Okay. It was really cool. That sounds really cool. Challenging. And so like, <laughs> right, cool. right. And yeah. then like, so like combat is like so much of, I feel like in like <clears throat> 2D side scroller things, it's like get avoiding, avoiding uh, like uh, projectiles is a lot of like moving left and right or like jumping over things sometimes. But still this kind of like you can only move when you like change yeah that sounds really interesting yeah, <laughs> yeah kind of <laughs> yeah it's super hard to there are some bosses in this game i died like 40 50 oh, times yeah. on because it was like <laughs> all right i gotta move i gotta avoid this i gotta shoot that oh my god oh my god oh my god yeah mm -hmm. it, very very challenging game but also yeah i just that sounds really neat. rad yeah. rad as hell all right um <clears throat> all right uh next one up uh more recent game as far as related to this recording uh super smash brothers ultimate um which has been my kind of return to the smash brothers series yes. i played them all through brawl which is the wii one uh yes. skipped the wii u one because i didn't have a wii u sure. even though it came out on 3ds at the time i like played the demo it felt weird to play on the 3ds because <laughs> the like buttons just like wasn't quite right for that type of game and i was like also like 
it had very light single player uh, things, and I was like never really the most interested in playing online with sure. Smash. It was mostly like local co-op with my family um, and in college my friends. But then like once I like had moved out on my own, and, like I moved, I moved cities. Like I was like, well, I don't really have anyone that's gonna come over and play Smash, and like there doesn't seem to be a lot to do as a single player in this Smash. So I totally skipped uh, Smash Four. Now um, they've kind of fixed that specific issue of like giving a uh, single player something, not just like a single player option that like they've always had this like classic mode, which is like, you know, like nine fights you do them like get progressively harder. They've given us this uh, entire kind of uh, side campaign called uh, the world of light. Yeah. Uh, they've added this uh, mechanic called spirits which uh, each spirit is uh, some character from Nintendo's history. Not all first party, some a bunch of third party stuff is too. If it's touched a Nintendo console at some point in its lifetime, it's probably there. You've got <laughs> Metal Gear in there. There's nice. a bunch of Namco stuff in there. There's all sorts of things. Um, and each of these spirits uh, you can equip. They, they change like your attack and defense. And then there's these uh, second tier of spirits that give you... Uh, like different ability boost or immunities to certain modifiers because what fighting in World of Light is, is <clears throat> you know, you're essentially fighting these spirits, these characters from Nintendo's history. And the way they do that is they take a character that exists in the game, which there's over 70-something. I forget the exact number. Sure. There's over 70 fighters. Every fighter that's ever existed in a Smash game is in this one. And they take one plus Ridley, as we know. You're right, like, and then like, and then five new <laughs> yeah, ones as yeah. well, and then five more that are still coming in DLC. Oh, all right. Um, they just announced if you've ever played Persona Five, uh, Joker, the main character from oh. uh, Persona Five, is coming in the first DLC pack. So that's yeah, really killing neat. joke in Yeah. There. All right. <laughs> uh, and the the way they do this is they pick one of those characters and then they like have a bunch of modifiers and take all the items in uh, Smash Brothers and make them as close to uh, the the like character that they're representing as possible. And okay, there's like, a lot of that. really neat stuff yeah. with the ways that they figure this out. Um, there's like, oh, what was a, a good one? There was a, there's this, um, there's this like ca- characters, there's like these three like little weird like, children characters from the rhythm heaven games that are like (laughs) they like sing along to the song in the rhythm heaven games so it was a fight against three jigglypuffs (laughs) and they were all using the sing move which puts you to sleep (laughs) and uh normally in like a competitive uh scene like you don't use that move very often it's like got a lot of recovery like if you miss it's like very easy to punish but the way that they've tuned these ai it like it's trying to like that team is fighting to win with this one move and it's very very uh dangerous like they um it's not just like a gimmick fight that you like laugh at and then like you finish it easily they're actually challenging they're actually like bringing like um they're like trying to figure out how to best like kind of like make these characters uh, come through the characters that are actually in the game. Yeah. Um, and oh, so the cool. amount, like the, the amount of them, there's just like so many of them, and they're all so unique because each character that they pick is like very different. That um, I don't know. I've been playing for like two weeks, and I feel like I just learned the other day that apart from this massive overworld, so like it's like an overworld map. You have multiple paths that you can walk down, and like then you'll like reach a spirit fight, and then you can fight them, and then it'll open up more paths. There's all sorts of different things. And I've learned that just looking at the overworld map, it's huge. It turns out there's like certain portals and things that'll take you to other maps. Oh my God. Like under like others, like separated things that are like, um, I haven't seen this one yet, but apparently there's one that is all Street Fighter characters. Like all the spirits are the different Street Fighter characters, and it's the world's like the the map of the world, like in the Street Fighter Two, where you like go around to different uh, places for each fighter. That is what that map looks like, wow. and that is sounds really great. Um, oh, it's so rad! It's so cool. It's such a like lovingly crafted like look back at like all of this history that Nintendo has and they did such a good job with it. Uh, I've found as a single player like being able to go through that has really like made me um, like I was so excited to get back into it when they yeah. announced that and like it turns out it's really well done. 
Oh, that's so amazing. That makes me want to play it even more. Yeah. I, it's been on my list of like, oh, God, I need to play this. Because I played a ton of Melee. Right, A ton right. of Melee. And like, <laughs> I played with friends, but also I really enjoyed the single player stuff. Right. I the, really That one had a really stuff. good one. That did. was the last one. Subspace yeah. Emissary was really, really cool. <gasps> and people have been asking for that since that one. And totally. It, they finally got something that's, it doesn't have as many cutscenes as Subspace the, did, but um, sure. it's still like the actual actual playing of it is very, very cool. Oh, that's right. Yeah. All right, I need to. Need to put that on the list. Absolutely. Hell yeah. <laughs> 100% got to get my smash on. Um, I'm going to just briefly go through my number three and my number one, and then I'll do my number two last. Yeah, sounds good. those are, so Life is Strange 2, episode one, you already shouted it out. Yeah. We did a whole podcast about yep. it. And uh, just great, great writing. Great podcast. <laughs> great writing. <laughs> great design. Love it. Really, really good stuff. My number one game, this one's obvious. Yeah. It's Into the Breach. Yeah. I played Close to a thousand Your fifth hours. Job of this yeah, year. Exactly. Where, it really like... actually is. I'm probably writing about it as well for yeah. end of year. So I'm not I'm just gonna very, very, very briefly say I think it's one of the best designed games I've ever played in my damn wow. life. Yeah. I truly is, it's I so think. Good. Uh, I totally agree with you in looking at it like a puzzle game. I think it really is like a tactical puzzle game because mm-hmm. you have perfect mm-hmm. information. There's no fog of war. You know what tor- turn order is going to happen, and it's still very challenging. Yeah. Also thematically resonant here in 2018. Right. Everything sucks, and you, ca- you have to keep fighting. Yeah. Yup. Yeah. <laughs> it really, really fits. Yeah. So wonderful game, truly wonderful game, and uh, we will talk about that more on another podcast. But yep. that is my number one. All right, Kato, you want to give us your number one here? Oh, my God. Or, yes, or, you, or you my... You didn't order it. No, 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 no. I know. But, like, the last one I got on here, yeah. which uh, <laughs> is good. If you, if anyone knows me, it makes fucking sense. Of course, Destiny 2 Forsaken is on here. <laughs> the new DLC that dropped for Destiny uh, August, I think. In the fall. One of those Maybe September. Times. I don't remember. <laughs> it feels like so many... So part of the reason I've lost all sense of time is that there was recently a new update for that, and I've been playing destiny again um but what forsaken did was uh applied a bunch of base level like uh large changes to the kind of structure of destiny and the way that you gain levels in destiny um there they added a bunch many more options uh many more things to do on a week weekly and also on a day-to-day basis that means that like if you go away from the game you come back you can uh you can play a few hours and you can still make progress. Um, the campaign was um, much more interesting than past DLCs have been. It still wasn't a great story. Mm. They, it's like fine, you know. Um, what was really interesting, though, was the post-campaign content and the way that they decided to start doing narrative through um, through uh, the NPCs, like in-world quest-giving and all that. like. Yeah. They've normally kind of leaned very heavily on cutscenes in the past, and yeah. not a lot of uh, stuff actually happened in world or like kind of in the space that you were actually playing the game. Um, this time around, once you reach the end game, uh, there's all sorts of quests after after the fact that are challenging and interesting and have this uh, really cool story. The the like last uh, area that you unlock is called the Dreaming City, oh. and it has a three week cycle where like um, there's this uh, curse that's being uh, uh, that that was put on the city, and basically uh, every th- every like week it gets stronger and stronger until the third week, and then um, you it like you you do a thing in the game that resets it basically, and there's like this time loop going on, nice. which was a really interesting way to do. Like in Destiny, once you've done something, you tend to repeat it again in order to kind of grind out more levels and stuff. And they like kind of codified that in the narrative of yeah. the game, which was really interesting. And they also, um, um, each week added kind of a new twist or a new thing to do in that area. Nice. So like those first, the first three weeks that that happened, it was really really cool to see something new every time because generally once you finished the campaign in Destiny, like you had seen everything, and then the grind was going back to repeat things in order to level up for the raid, for example. Um, this time around, they were like adding new things every week. There was a new story camp, like mission every week, following this like timeline. Like yeah. it was really, really cool. It was a new way to do narrative and like tie narrative into the re- like the, the repetition of grinding out that they hadn't done before. And I think they did it really smartly. And um, it's I think the best that Destiny Two has been since it released last year. Yeah. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. 
uh, quick shout out to um, the Destiny community on the Waypoint Discord. Yeah. It's an amazing group of people. Uh, we uh, just did, there was a new raid that dropped last week. We had two teams clear it within the first couple of days. It was super cool to see so many people excited to be raiding. Um, that's the one thing I also have to shout out, and I've talked about this before on podcasts in the past, but <laughs> the encounter design in raids, uh, raids are six people, uh, cooperative activities, um, and it's some of the most fun I've ever had in uh, any first-person shooter oh, ever. That's awesome. Like, the way that they have these mechanics that require everyone to have a job or, like, and require everyone to work together in interesting ways that aren't just, like, they've taken, like, obviously, it's a first-person shooter. The verbs are you're shooting things, right? Like, and the, the ways you shoot things are fun <laughs> and interesting yeah. on their own, but they've added these other mechanics in the ways that you, like, can, like, other items and things that, like, really change up like if you've never if you've played through destiny's like campaign but never raided like it's such a different thing um and it's super worth checking out if you can find uh five other people and like i know that's hard but um but they're on the community but yeah they're in the waypoint community come (laughs) by we've got so many yeah we've got so many people willing to like take new people through raids and like that's what's part of what's been really great about destiny for me is being part of this community of just like really awesome people um again shout outs to both teams that cleared uh this week it was really awesome to see everyone just come together and like figure out that's the other thing about raids when you first go in there's no like there's like an objective but there's no like how to get to that objective it's very it's all like the mechanics are hidden you have to figure them out um eventually the community figures them out and says like this is the best way to do that blah 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 but what we did when we go when you go in you know on the day that a raid launches you're doing it blind and the big thing is like figuring out the mechanics it's figuring out what exactly is the path forward and that's super fun and really interesting um I could talk about Destiny for a million other hours about how much I love it, but like I think that that's most that's most of it. I think I hit most of it. That's why it's on my list. As long as Destiny has expansions, I'll probably <laughs> keep being on my list. But, totally. Um, yeah. I, I mean, really that's, it. that's how I feel about Into the Bridge. You know, like right. I could keep playing it forever. Right. Yeah. I yes. probably will. <laughs> <laughs> like a hundred percent. Totally. When when a game does it for you, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's really like okay, you're fulfilling like. A true need in my life right. and this is beautiful and wonderful and god i love that i guess uh speaking of needs you know my number two game on this list which is a solid number two like mm-hmm. i will say like number one carry you know ran away with, with the game right but right. number two solid ass number two of course and it felt it fulfilled my need to be vindicated <laughs> about the way some people disrespected the name of prey oh god my game of the year my easy game of the year last year right prey right. The, the game yeah. excuse me the game of the year last year <laughs> some people had other ideas <clears throat> rob and i were correct uh, <laughs> um i if you haven't heard me talk about Prey, there's a uh, you know thousand hours on the internet uh, yeah, of me I'm talking sure about Prey. Not that hard to but find. I'll, I'll yeah. make it real quick. Amazing game, amazing immersive sim. Does incredible things with verbs and yeah. uh, mechanics and a lot of things that are unexpected. It did a lot of really cool narrative things too, and design things too, and level design things too. I think Prey Moon Crash did it for people. I think people that maybe fell off Prey towards the end because yes, right. okay, it did have a long end game. I will give you that. <laughs> people who are non-believers, uh, but this <laughs> game was instead sort of use a roguelike structure to do the things that Prey did so well. So nice. Things did Prey did so well included what I, you know what I just said about like player verbs and having incredible systemic interactions. There are legitimately like 12, 13, 14 ways yeah. out of a given room or given scenario. There are kind of like the five obvious ones that the game really tells you about. There are kind of the, the paths that sort of make a lot of sense. And then there are the million little weird things that you can do. Like, oh, what if I buff up my strength and use use that to like blow through a weird door? Or what if I just straight up break the game and use the glue gun to make a stairway <laughs> to heaven? You know, yeah. like that kind of thing. And the game supports that. And I... Love that. I Like That's I've really said, cool. that is truly what games can do in ways that other narratives or other experiences that you can have cannot by giving you so many different choices 
unexpected choices, you know, weird little quirks of systemic interaction that work in ways that are like, oh, you figured this out. There's some designer out there who was real excited for the three people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, you know, became a, you know, warped into a pair of headphones and then used that to go across the entire map and then did something weird somewhere else. You know, like yeah. I live for that stuff. That's that really is cool. so fun for me. And so Moon Crash really, you know, used this by having five different characters with five different kinds of loadouts, basically. Mm-hmm. You could sort of change things differently. You could change your powers differently. Uh, you know, sort of depending on those, but it gives you five different little stories and it gives you a lot of challenges. Mooncrash is ridiculously hard. Yeah. I still have not beaten it with all five characters in one run. Okay. I'm still working on it. Uh, so how do the how are the runs structured exactly with um yeah. each character or like how does that work? Do you sure. just pick so, one at the beginning or Yeah, there's sort of like a meta narrative of you're a hacker, you're going in and you're reliving this scenario <laughs> basically, which is <laughs> amazing. Yes, that sounds there, cool. Also there's a gym in space and you can play <laughs> space basketball. I just wanna put that out there. It's nice. My the game for me. You know what I mean? Um, so there are sort of five different like scenarios and characters you choose going in. Uh, you only have one at first, and mm-hmm. then you kind of unlock them as you you know, create. Uh, sorry, unlock story objectives basically. Uh, and but yeah, you go cool. in, and it's like you're the volunteer who has almost no, very physically weak, but has a lot of psychic powers or the sort of alien powers. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, and once you beat it with him. You unlock the next person who is an engineer. So uh, this woman who's like this amazing engineer who can fix things really easily and has like these other sort of sets of powers. Right. And there's a security officer and there's a spy. Then there's (laughs) something else. It's it's a lot of that kind of thing. Uh, So you are predisposed to work through a run in various ways. The way to ultimately beat the game, Mm -hmm. again, the thing I haven't done yet, I'm still (laughs) working on, is to beat it with all five within a run. Mm -hmm. Now, you have a time limit. And every, I forget what the interval is, the game will get a little more difficult. It'll be like corruption level two is more difficult than corruption level one. So there's more enemies, more (laughs) powerful enemies. Corruption level three, things start getting really, really wild. So it gets harder as you go and you you have like this really sort of intense time pressure to do it. I was worried about that at Mm. first before I played the game and I heard about this structure. I was like, okay, a roguelike-ish with with prey? I don't know. And then you're going to be set into certain... Types of people, as opposed to my Alex Hugh, or right. sorry, my Morgan Hugh was who was like had everything. Right, like, I could <laughs> just do anything. Right, I, right. I went through my first playthrough just human powers, and then the second playthrough like anything I want. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just like <laughs> rip through this world. This yeah. world is mine to master. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it worked really well, and it worked really well in a story sense, and it worked really well in a mechanical sense. So, is the so is this um, kind of is this one area in the old prey map or is this a new space? New totally new space. Yeah, okay, it was hinted really cool. at quite a bit in the first game that there was like a moon base. Oh, okay. This is on that right. moon base. Nice. Uh, which is really meaty. Actually, it's like a, a sort of hub area with three full levels in it. So it actually feels like a pretty complete game. So uh, yeah. So finishing a run is um, how do you finish a run escaping. technically? Escaping okay. the moon, and there are okay. many different ways of doing that. There's like an escape pod. There's a space shuttle. There's a you know a, a way of like warping your matter to another <laughs> dimension, <laughs> that kind of thing. So several different ways, and it all does tie into sort of specific characters' objectives. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's how you how you finish with each character, which is so good. But you said you hadn't you hadn't finished. Is it? I've never done all five in one run, which is like oh, the okay. ultimate goal of the of that game. So, so is each is so a completed run is you go through with one character and then you start over with the with next character, character in the line or whatever. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I see. Yeah. That's it. It is a weird structure. It yeah, is like yeah. a totally weird structure. Um, but I think it worked. I think they That's really cool. arcane. You know how I feel about you. I think they really made it. They made okay. it work. They made I think it shine. I heard. And I, I was kind of confused and I never ended up looking up this, but I heard something about like uh, items and stuff. And like I'm realizing now if that's the structure, like that's what's going on is that if you pick something up or if you take something with you on your first character, it's yep. not in the world anymore. So like it'll be um, if you so when you die, yeah. you pray, uh, you get taken over by a typhon. Ooh. So it becomes yeah, like yeah. an enemy. So if you go and kill that enemy. You can get you those can things. get your items back. But what if you escape with that character? Is, does it reset the whole world, or is it? That's that's the part that I oh, I, yeah, I thought reset. I heard. 
Okay, yeah, in between each yeah. each character's run. Okay. Well, not not the objects in the world. So if you pick right, right, everything right. up with that first character, it's not going to be. In the world that, okay, see, yeah. that's that's that sounds really yeah. That's yeah. the part that I remember like hearing vaguely about. That was like, wait, how does that work? It's pretty but hard. Not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's pretty it's pretty tough. By the end, you know, if you get to three or four characters, which I have, it's like, oh man, like there's not a oh, lot left. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay, I have to plan B, C, or D at that point. Right, you know, right, which, right. Again, is part of how that's good really cool. This is yeah. And how awesome it is so yeah, yeah. pretty awesome. good <laughs> all right so i think do you want to just shout out your your honorable mentions again real quick just yeah be super like, quick this is this these is the were list. also <laughs> these were also games that i played that i really enjoyed that i couldn't quite make a case i guess in my and i could maybe still uh within but like my honorable mentions are pokemon let's go pikachu uh mario tennis aces uh so actually, let me quick, very quick. Yeah. Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. It's a remake of the very first Pokemon games. They've added in the mechanics from Pokemon Go for yeah. catching, yeah. Um, which has made it actually uh, a f- um, And you can also see the Pokemon in in space instead yeah. of it being like a random encounter. You see them running around, and if you touch them, you like go into the catching mechanic. Yeah. Um, and like that's been and that's been enough to like actually like I've played the, that first game a million times but I've like been really enjoying my this playthrough because they've changed enough and have added enough of like you can have a Pokemon follow you and like it makes them and like they'll interact with the world in like fun cute Turn ways around. yeah like even just like as they follow you it's very cute to see them but like a really quick example uh, yeah. I had an Oddish out when I was in Viridian Forest which is like got sun dappled like but very dark because it's mo- very dense forest and I'm like running around and I run through uh, a sunspot and my Oddish stays behind I'm like what's my Oddish doing and I go back and I like talk to the Oddish and it's like Oddish is sunbathing in the oh, spot and I was like Oddish. oh my god that's so cute <laughs> like they've like infused these little moments of like personality into like all 150 Pokemon like all react to different things in different ways and it's like made the world that I already know and like enjoyed it so much as a kid like feel even more alive like where I've like I'm thinking back like if I had played this when I was 10 I would have like yeah. my mind would have been extra blown like at how amazing <laughs> it is so like oh so good um Mario Tennis Aces uh I talked about fighting games earlier in uh this podcast and the reason I really enjoyed the way they did this Mario Tennis games is that they added this uh, super bar and like these uh, uh, abilities of like slowing down time or doing extra hard hits that felt a lot like uh, playing a fighting game with super meters in it and it was super interesting and I really loved it Uh, we've got an awesome I think it was my first day at Waypoint it might have been where we played uh, Mario Tennis Aces (laughs) on stream and I beat Austin Walker (laughs) it was was so good Um, it was truly great so check that out Um, Sea of Thieves um, which they're is on enough of other people's lists that there's going to be another podcast about that one. Yes. Uh, super fun. This like pirate open world MMO thing that like was kind of like sparse at the beginning, but they had like a lot of really interesting updates since then that have really made that uh, world come alive. And I'm still uh, hopping back in every other month or so and like checking in no man's sky rare, next. You know. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, everyone remembers how no man's sky like launched and that a lot of people were very upset about that. And, um, Hell Games could have like you know cut bait and run, but they stuck with it. They've been making updates to the game. Next was a huge update that changed a lot of uh, the structure of how you're crafting things and a lot of the structure of the world. It was super fun. Um, they added uh, frigates, which was really cool. Or yeah. I, I don't think they added frigates earlier, but like they structured it in such a way that you uh, get to them fast. Like they they kind of made it so that. Um, you wouldn't have to do as many things to kind of see the whole breadth of options you have for existing in the No Man's Sky universe, yeah. where before you have to go through a lot of stuff and people would fall off before they see that there's like right. even certain things that you can do. Yeah. Um, but it's super beautiful game. Uh, always loved the like the color palettes that they use for these weird alien worlds and the super neat and skyboxes so good oh, so fucking good yes um so many photos on my on my hard drive yes. of just like flying through there and like wow look at the fucking fog of this planet and the <laughs> color of that planet and holy shit oh, um and the last one we talked about earlier uh donut county super fun very quirky uh writing love the dialogue and uh very fun and continually slightly uh 
tweaking this like whole mechanic, which was really interesting. So good. Oh, so many good games. There's so, so many, many good so games. Many. <laughs> too many uh, games. <laughs> too many, too many good games. I love it. That's a good problem to have. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Very, very, very cool. Uh, very grateful to the games of 2018 for getting us through this hellish year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 100%. So thank you all so much for listening. And also, of course, thank you to Too Mellow for the track that you are listening to on this pod. Uh, you can follow everything that Too Mellow does at, at Mellow Makes on Twitter and to, that's a numeral two, mellowmakes.bandcamp.com. Of course, we're on Twitter at Waypoint. We're on Facebook at Waypoint Vice. We're on YouTube at Waypoint Vice. And you can follow everything we write at waypoint.vice.com. Kato, where can people find you on the internet? At A underscore Kato underscore appears. Amazing. You can find me at Danielle R.I. probably playing Oberdin and being like, oh, man, uh, I wish I played uh, this shit. earlier. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> My list don't know. Uh, <laughs> most likely. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, there will be many more podcasts this week. There will be many more other cool treats and goodies and essays and other things this week as we reflect upon the games of 2018. Thank you all. Be good and be good at it. Peace. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.